This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. We are going to turn our focus to Africa Center. Africa Center where we go beyond the borders of South Africa to the world and see uh, stories and developments that matter we should know about, we should talk about and understand exactly what is going on. My guest is Tembi Safagude, Senior Fellow at Africa Asia Dialogue and we will be reflecting on the war in Ethiopia and developments around the Nile River. The, the, the region of Tigray has experienced a lot of problems and recently, uh, about two months ago, uh, Tembisa wrote an interesting article talking there about the roles of the deep state and external actors in the conflict in Tigray, Ethiopia. Uh, Tembisa, good morning. Welcome to Power Talk once more. Good morning, Lukona. Thank you for making the time. I mean, Tembisa, probably please paint a picture without being hysterical about recent developments. Um, please paint a picture for us as to this deep state you are talking about uh, as as a partly a cause where you i mean uh, of of the conflict that we are seeing in tigray how do we make sense of it by deep state i mean i know in that paper you wrote you have described it but for the benefit of our listener uh, what do we mean even by the term deep state well deep state is the power behind the actual obvious power. In other words, those people who pull the strings behind the actual power. In South Africa, we had something where people who were trying to capture the state. Mm. That Those will be, uh, some people will say that was a failed deep state, but in, in many countries, it, it functions it functions properly. So in Ethiopia, you had a deep state, in other words, people who were a power behind the government uh, of, of Ethiopia. And most of those people came from the the, the political part of the TPLF, which is the Tigray Liberation People's Front, mm. uh, based in the Tigrayan uh, region in the north, and they also used to control the 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 coalition in in, in Ethiopia. As we know, for for years Ethiopia was governed by a coalition, which is Ethiopia People's uh, Revolutionary Democratic Front. Uh, so the TPLF, which is the party which now currently controls regional politics in the northern province of Ethiopia was dominant within within the EPRDF before the advent of uh, Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed. Now, these roles played by, you know, the actors that are, are, are different, there's also the issue uh, where some define the government that is in Ethiopia to be an ethno-federal state of sorts, where majorly there is a division of power according to blocks, ethnic blocks, and there are now contestations where some people are becoming more cosmopolitan in approach and want to uh, see a different way of constituting a government. How do you read into some of those conversations? Well, the process has started. Abiy Ahmed, when he came in, uh, when in 2018, uh, going towards 2019, he formed a new party called the, the Prosperity Party. And that basically killed these ethnic-based politics in Ethiopia. Mm. Uh, and, and it has, to an extent, created problems. And one of the problems that, 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 that we see in, in Tigray was as a result of Abiy Ahmed trying to come up with a new, truly national party, whereas in the, in the past we've had all of these ethnic uh, parties, whether it was the Oromo Liberation Movement, whether it was the Tigrayan Liberation Front, 
and all other uh, political parties which are ethnic-based in Ethiopia forming, forming a coalition. In other words, they're just trying to to create some sort of a semblance of, of, of peaceful politics and stability mm. in Ethiopia. But we, we know now that that, does, that has not helped because many of these uh, ethnicities in Ethiopia believe that their time uh, must come as well so that they can benefit as much as the TPLF benefit. We know that Oromo people are also waiting with Abiy Ahmed. Many of them are hoping that it's their turn uh, to benefit from, from, from politics in Ethiopia. But with the Prosperity Party, it doesn't look like it's going to happen again. What Abiy Ahmed has basically done is destroyed this ethnic-based uh, politicking in, in Ethiopia. And we have to wait and see uh, how successful that project is going to be. I mean, Temega, we saw Abi getting that, uh, you know, important accolades around the globe, seen as a peacemaker uh, and, and all of that. The developments currently in Ethiopia, how, how, what difficult position do you think they place him in, insofar as responding to the challenges, particularly in that northern region of Tigray? Well, the challenges of Ethiopia are almost similar to South Africa. Uh, what we have, fortunately, in this country, we have systems in place, in other words, the institutions that are helping us to navigate these difficult times. For example, we have the Zondo Commission, we have a, a viable judiciary, we have a very strong media, etc. In Ethiopia, on the other hand, the, the Ethiopian government was facing the same state capture by the TPLF. Mm. Now, for Abiy Ahmed to tackle that issue, he had no choice in the absence of institutions such as those that we have in South Africa, but to actually politically intervene. And by so doing, he has offended a lot of people, and other people have dug in their hills, particularly the deep state of the Tigrayan People's Liberation Front, who who retreated to their to their stronghold in the northern part of of Ethiopia, which is the Tigray region. And from there, they were they were resuscitating the intentions of cessation. In other words coming up with an independent uh, politics of in, in, in Tigray and starting to uh, to talk about cessation from the mm. uh, Ethiopia proper, and that has created the problem. So there were ongoing discussions between the government, uh, led by Abiy Ahmed, and the TPLF in the past, but all of those failed, of course, when the, the Tigrayan People's Relations Fund attacked the Ethiopian uh, National uh, Army, and that created the stalemate that we find ourselves today. Talking about the stalemate we, fi- stalemate we find ourselves in today, when you are not consistent at observing developments, at times when news come out, uh, they can easily amplify the crisis. When you look at the conflict in Tigray, how bad are the, th- are, are, are the, are the dynamics? Uh, is there possibility of salvaging the situation? Well, I don't, I don't think there's any possibility of salvaging the situation. There are a lot of other exacerbating factors right now. We have the United States, which has been dealing with the TPLF, who was in power mm. uh, for a long time, who are now, again, having a discussion and supporting the TPLF. Uh, I know that they've started talking to Abiy Ahmed, uh, I mean, uh, Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed, in terms of how to resolve that. But TPLF uh, still has a very strong support from the Europeans and the, the Americans. Hence, the media has tended to, uh, particularly the Western media, has tended to yeah. to, to 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 favor the, the narrative of the TPLF, mainly because the TPLF has had relations with many in, in media institutions for a very long time. That's the first point. The other point mm. 
uh, you have Sudan, which is uh, had sided with Egypt on the Grand Renaissance Dam, taking a certain position in support of TPLF against uh, Abi, uh, Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed. So you have uh, those dynamics, and those dynamics will make it very difficult to resolve the the current uh, standoff in 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 Tigray. But the other thing which further complicates the situation is yes. the involvement of uh, Eritrea. Uh, we know that uh, the Prime Minister of Eritrea, Isaias Eswaki, is quite close now with Abiy Ahmed, and mm. he has been helping Abiy Ahmed in fighting or augmenting the forces, uh, the government forces in, in, in that part of the world. So those things are afraid of complicating, uh, complicating issues. And I think the only solution, I mean, Abiy Ahmed is fighting a good cause. Let's not forget that yeah. because it, it was all about rooting out corruption. Yeah. And uh, when those people who were, cor- who were accused of, of, of corruption and abuse of human rights were former generals, most of whom were part of the TP, well, are part of the TPLF. And in doing so, unfortunately, he had to face resistance. And the excuse, of course, now is that the uh, the, the, the people of Tigray are unduly targeted by Abiy Ahmed and all of us forget the initial reasons why the Ethiopian army went there in the first place. Mm. And, I mean, uh, it's also important to note that there are developments happening from a governance level, uh, but uh, a, a country such as Ethiopia moving uh, t- uh, Tembisa from a very low base and uh, with not the much of a public pace as possible. I mean, we've seen some railway lines being put up in an attempt to connect people across the country and to connect them to different markets. Uh, when you look at the governance of the country outside of just the skirmishes happening in the north, um, how would you say uh, Prime Minister Abi Ahmed is doing? Well, he got the Nobel Peace Prize, didn't he? So he, he was he was for for a while uh, appreciated and and admired by a number of people. He negotiated that the peace treaty with Eritrea, which is uh, ravaging the northern parts of mm. of, of Ethiopia. The economy of Ethiopia has been doing very well. One of the uh, greatest uh, exports or, or, or brand is the Ethiopian Airlines, which is doing very, very well, connecting people uh, in, in, in the Horn of Africa to different parts of the world. So the country has been uh, moving moving forward steadily, but what also makes the uh, Ethiopia to be even much more attractive is the existence and the presence of the AU, which also continues to bring um, to an extent uh, you know, investment in Ethiopia. Uh, the Chinese have invested, invested largely in Ethiopia mm. for the large presence of African diplomats uh, in, in Ethiopia, and that in itself also makes Ethiopia a, a stable country, at least Addis Ababa, a, a stable part uh, of Africa. So it has been doing very well until this latest uh, challenge, which is the conflict in Tigray. But again, let me repeat that when Abiy Ahmed assumed power, he 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 stated some of his uh, political agenda moving forward, and one of them was rooting up corruption. He went on to release all, for example, uh, most political prisoners. There's not even one single journalist arrested at the moment or in jail at the moment in Ethiopia. He, he released all the uh, journalists that were, uh, were were once arrested by the mm. by the TPLF, even though it was under the EPRTF. So those were also released. So there's been. There's been some positive moves politically, economically, and socially. Um, and the formation of the uh, Prosperity Party in itself was a step towards the right direction, which seeks to basically destroy this ethno or ethnic based uh, politics in Ethiopia. 
now with the with the conflict coming in well the other point sorry yep. uh, forgot to mention is the the grand uh, ethiopian renaissance dam which is was seen by by many Ethiopians as a great national asset mm, and mm, mm. to an extent by the way it united all the ethnic groups in Ethiopia because for the first time Ethiopians had one thing that they that all needed them, and desired <laughs> yes which was the grand renaissance dam and they had one they had at least two common enemies which is Sudan and Egypt so there was that national uh, national effort towards uh, you know achieving the grand renaissance dam which is something that we haven't seen in Ethiopia happening. I mean, when I was there, the people were saying, this is our dam for us, by us. In other words, they funded yeah. the dam. They didn't get the money from anywhere else, which, again, is a, it was a great achievement until the, the, the Tigray uh, conflict uh, ensued. Absolutely. My guest is Tembi Safagude. We're just uh, on Africa Center dissecting issues happening in Ethiopia, you know, conflict in Tigray, uh, the grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam and the dynamics in that region and what it means for stability in that horn of Africa for the continent and largely, I mean, uh, for the geopolitics of it all. Uh, the line is 0861-987-000 if you want to be part and parcel to the this conversation. I mean, Tempisa, you do reflect on this positionality or positioning, geographic positioning of Ethiopia uh, in the politics of the Horn of Africa and the strategic role it has continued to play. But we also know that's a region where we have seen a number of problems in terms of terrorist attacks from Al-Shabaab, problems within the Sudan and South Sudan, given the troubles that are still there following, you know, the transition of uh, splitting to form South Sudan from Sudan. Um, how difficult does it make it for regional cooperation to assist Ethiopia to deal with these issues? You are talking about Eritrea, for example, and that they do have uh, probably much healthier relationships now with the government of Ethiopia. But how difficult does it become for the East African community to deal with this issue and try put it to bed? Well, Ethiopia remains a powerhouse. They've got the most powerful army in the region. And uh, although Ethiopia is landlocked, mm. um, it, it remains a, a very important player in the region. And they were moving towards uh, coordination of activities and um, economic activity in the Horn of Africa before this conflict started. It, it enjoys very a good relationship with Djibouti. It enjoys good relationship with Eritrea, which are the two very important uh, countries in, in, in that region. Uh, Somalia remains uh, problematic because Somalia also claims part of, of Ethiopia and of course uh, some secessionists in, 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 uh, in, in some of the provinces of Ethiopia who claim that um, that Ogaden, who claim that that part of, of, of Ethiopia should belong to, to, to Somalia. So it, it, Abiy Ahmed was trying hard to, uh, to move towards that coordination mm. of original activities. However, we need to remain that the the, the, the original case of the Horn of Africa was the creation of the Suez. Yeah. Because when the Suez Canal was created, it changed the entire business of the Horn of Africa. And other people will, will argue that as long as you have that traffic and that busy strait of the, Suez. the, the Red Sea and mm. the Babu Mandeb and the Suez Canal, as, as long as you have this world business going through those waters, that part of the world will remain unstable, particularly Somalia, which enjoys the longest uh, coastline to the, to the Red Sea. So Ethiopia 
in the past was used by the Europeans, Americans, and the Chinese to an extent as the police of the entire region as the business was going uh, up and down in that part of the world because of the threat of uh, organizations such as Al-Shabaab and because of, of the threats now of, of, of Yemen with, with a lot of other activities taking place there. So Ethiopia provided the necessary assistance for, for, the, for the shipping business in those waters. Now, if we destabilize Ethiopia, chances are we, it's going to be back to square one where the rebels and those who seek to disturb business they could once again go amok. And that's what the Europeans uh, are afraid of and that's mm. what the Americans, including the Chinese, as the Chinese are preparing to expand with their Belt Road Initiative, which is going to be the biggest uh, form of, of, of business and transportation in, in, in those waters. So Ethiopia is key because it's a stable country or was a stable country for a very long time. Mm. It enjoys a very serious and strong infrastructure in terms of policing the waters. So without Ethiopia, you can't really function, including Djibouti. I mean, Djibouti, yes, might be the main parking space yeah. For, yeah. for everyone. But I don't think they have the military muscle um, to secure. To... Or... Correct. Mm. Okay, uh, Tembisa, let me go to the line quickly so that you get an opportunity to respond. Sipo, good morning. Uh, morning, Lukona and Tembisa. Lukona, you know, on Thursday we had a conversation at the Tabombek African School on the same question, mm. and I think what Tembisa is raising is quietly correct that the ethnopolitics or the ethnic federalism by the then uh, Tigria People's Liberation Army has caused this crisis that you are in. Mm. But another aspect is the definition of the statehood and to say, how do you deal with identity politics in that country? For many years, uh, even when he was uh, raising the issue of Eritrea's involvement, that was correct. But remember that even one of the triggers, you know, Lukona of last year, was for them going for their regional ele- elections on their own. That was one of the issues that came. Mm. But for the solution, as Temisa was raising earlier, which I was quite interested to say, but is the military intervention a solution? Is the European yeah. intervention the only one, including of this uh, Great Nile River, which talks of the three countries when actually it goes beyond the three yeah. countries, you know? So I think somewhere how the AU have dropped this ball, even if we know that Tsesekedi has been moving in the Arab countries now. This weekend, Tsesekedi was in Sudan, and Cairo. Yes, yes. But he means that you still need Addis Ababa on this issue of the great, I mean, of the great Renaissance then because they are questioning international law, by the way, to be saying that all those laws that were drafted about the sharing of the waters and mm. are null and void mm. because mm. they were not part of, you know. And that's why I think we are in a crisis of international law here, but again, we're in a crisis of African mediation. Yeah. How do we deal with the crisis when the whole country is saying stable? But I will say to him, he knows that the south in the Amara region, they've been conflict. So there are some ethnic uh, uh, conflicts going on in that country beyond the northern part. Mm, absolutely. And I think that's where we should understand the Horn of Africa from that, from that vintage point. But for the AU, I think they are too late because they are working on Peace and Security Council resolutions, but they are not on the on the ground.
Okay. Uh, thank you very yeah. much, Sipo. I mean, Temisa, uh, Sipo raising crisis in international law, crisis in African mediation. Uh, Ethiopia is gearing up to fill up uh, phase two now of that grand Ethiopian Renaissance dam. And uh, AU chairperson Chisagedi is trying to pull everybody together to the negotiation table. What? How do you see these crises that Sipo is alluding to? Yeah, well, Sipo has raised a number of issues, but to answer the question, well, first of all, we have to address the arrogance of the Egyptians, uh, who the, were the first one to ignore the, uh, the 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 potential of the AU in resolving the problems of the Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam, because they took the matter to the to the United Nations, yeah. and that's how the United Nations got involved, and that's how South Africa got involved, because they felt to you know God knows why that the AU uh, was not able to uh, to or was not going to be able to solve the problem. Mm. But what needs to be also mentioned is that you know I know Sipo said it as well that the 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 denial is shared by eight other reparent states, mm. not only Egypt and Sudan, and Sudan and you've got Tanzania, mm. Kenya. So the arrogance of of, of Egyptians uh, is is quite problematic, and it adds uh, salt to the wound. Mm. I'll mm. tell you why. First of all. They are governing, or the, their whole claim to the to the utilization of the waters of the Nile is based on the treaties they signed with colonial powers uh, in 1929 and in 1959. And during those discussions, none of the African countries were were, were part of that. Yeah. Ethiopia, which shares 80% of the waters of the Nile, because you know that the Blue Nile emanates from from Ethiopia, whilst the White Nile come from from African countries, you know, all the way through Victoria Lake, etc. So the Africans were not part of the discussion. So they took the lion's share of the water, uh, which is Egypt, to an, and lesser extent uh, uh, Sudan. Now Ethiopia is saying we all we are also uh, owners of this natural resource, and we we are expanding in terms of uh, we need uh, we need we need we need energy, and uh, for us to to augment our energy needs, we need to start using the waters. But Egypt is saying, but no, you are not part of the... We have a treaty, which Ethiopia was not part of, which was signed in 1929, and the later one was signed in 1959. And Egyptians, by the way, continues to, to be arrogant in terms of how they deal with Ethiopia. Some of them saying, you know, that's not going to happen. Mm. Uh, we, we, we own the Nile. And many of us, I'm sure including uh, you, Lukona, we always thought that the Nile flow was flowing from Egypt. <laughs> the never... narrative, the narrative, the politics <laughs> of the narrative. <laughs> we all, I mean, the whole story of Moses was found in the Nile. I always thought the Nile was an Egyptian property. And they have all until... claimed to it needed. <laughs> yes, until we now realize that actually the Nile flows through eight other African countries before it reaches the the the, 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 the before the white and the blue Nile meet yeah. in in Sudan and then they flow into Egypt. Absolutely. So the, the the key here is for Egypt to humble itself and and begin to negotiate uh, in, in in good faith with the with the Ethiopians because the Ethiopians are going ahead, steam ahead uh, with the Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam. It's one project which has brought pride in Ethiopia. They've funded it, and I don't see any any uh, possibility of the Ethiopians right now uh, taking a, a, a much more compromising uh, position in terms of their, 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 their negotiation Tembisa. with the Egyptians and the, and, and, the, and the Sudanese. Thank you so much for your time. We leave it there for this morning. 
You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.